What is going on, guys? Your boy Elroy here, and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast. I am your host, Josh Prep Igina, back again for a week chock full of MMA. And when I say full, it was a full last week, and we go into a really full this week as well. Like, MMA just doesn't stop. I know we had a rough couple weeks with some. Uh, we'll just say lackluster cards, though I am thankful that we had plenty of cards to talk about. These last few cards haven't been, how do I say, it's it's not that they were bad, it's just, you know, there has definitely been better. But before I get into any news, notes, and stuff like that, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. If it's your first time, if you've been here before, I appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope that you stay and uh, hang out for a while because we got a lot to talk about. So with that being said, let's get into this week's news and notes. First off, last week was so busy that we forgot to talk about the PFL happening (laughs) Uh, early this week. Usually I try to talk about everything that's going to happen before I record. Unfortunately, it was so busy last week that we forgot to cover the PFL, which happened, I'm recording on Thursday, happened on Wednesday night. So we will be reviewing that as well, because I think that there are a lot of stories from that card that we need to talk about. Um, But as far as the news goes, there were some unlikely signings that we heard about this past week. Excuse me, starting off with... Former now, or I don't know if they would take the title away because it's not the same sport, but your glory welterweight champion, glory kickboxing, of course, Cedric Dumbe, a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal kickboxer, has announced that he has signed and will be making his MMA debut on Monday, actually. He has signed with Super Combat. Um, it is a promotion out of Dubai, I believe. Let me just double check that just to make sure. But yes, this is a promotion coming out of the United Arab Emirates and he is making his debut there. It looks like he's possibly the main event, uh, facing a guy who's two into a Russian. His name is RB. Amiev. So we will keep an eye on Cedric Dumbe. I am excited to see that, man. He is phenomenal. Um, I think he's only lost three kickboxing matches out of the glory cards that are listed on Tapology, And uh, his last three, four wins in glory have all been finishes within three rounds. So the guy has the finishing ability. Uh, which is huge, and I would love to see how he, you know, performs in there against a Russian who are, you know, known for their grappling. So we will see how Cedric Dumbe does on Monday, and we will talk about it on our next episode. Another unlikely signing, something that I, you know, I understand the signing, but it just came out of nowhere was Platinum Mike Perry, UFC veteran (laughs) Platinum Mike Perry. His contract expired, 
and he was free and signed with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship, which I think is a very smart signing. I think it makes sense. Mike Perry has hands. He loves to fight, and uh, Bare Knuckle's just a great place for him. You know, he's already making waves, you know, as far as, you know, people calling him out wanting to fight. And he says, look, I like to fight, and I like to get paid to fight, so you're going to see me very soon, which, um, you know, last week I talked about podcast interviews you need to listen to. Uh, Mike Perry did have an interview this week. I don't think it's something you need to listen to because it just wasn't very good. Uh, He is just an odd, odd fellow. (laughs) Dad dad Mike Perry, uh, yeah, just a, a very strange human being but congratulations to mike perry i am personally looking forward to seeing you perform in bare knuckle fighting championship uh that should be a very fun watch for that for that audience he's perfect like if you think about the champ there right now i cannot wait to see mike perry work his way up and into a title match you know hopefully uh, something I wanted to cover that came from an interview that maybe you should listen to is Kevin Lee's comments on the MMA Hour. Now, we know who Kevin Lee is. Uh, we, you know, our fandom on this podcast for Kevin Lee wanes with uh, his attitude. And, you know, I was very free-thinking coming into his last fight uh, he was booked against Sean Brady, which obviously I was rooting against Kevin Lee for that simple fact alone. But my issue was he took the loss at the time on the chin, and now he's saying that he lost to a bum, which is crazy to think of because Daniel Rodriguez is a phenomenal welterweight. And he beat Kevin Lee on extremely short notice. I don't understand how Kevin Lee can call that man a bum. You know, we get it that you, you know, fought Tony Ferguson in an interim title fight, you know, seven years ago now. But, dude, that time has passed. You need to get with the times. And and Daniel Rodriguez may be older, but he's getting his start now in the UFC. And he's accomplished, you know... Equal to or, you know, he's on the road to be greater than what you have been able to do in the UFC. So I think you owe Danny Rodriguez, someone who didn't have to take that fight, who took it for the simple fact that, you know, you needed a dance partner and he likes to get paid. So he said, you know what? I'll take it. He didn't have to. And he did. And he beat you on like two weeks notice. So I think that Kevin Lee needs to get out of his own ass and uh, fix the way he thinks about things. Like, I know he's not in it for the fans. I know that he says how much he loves fighting. But guess what, Kevin? Right now, you're not that good at it. You had a win a few years ago against Gregory Gillespie, which was a big one. But besides that, think about the times that you haven't been able to perform. The Tony Ferguson fight where you got tapped out after you were, you know, you were in a good place in that fight until you weren't. The Charles Oliveira fight, Charles Oliveira was just way too much for you. And Daniel Rodriguez put a short-notice clinic on you. Like, you looked good for about 
45 seconds. And then he started to jab you up. And it was trouble, you know? So I think that Kevin Lee should really change his mindset. I know that he, you know, struggles with anxiety and all that stuff. And, and, you know, he feels as though he has a bit of a drinking problem. But uh, I hope that he comes back with a better attitude. And, you know, I hope that Daniel Rodriguez takes that as fuel to prove Kevin Lee wrong, that he's not just a bum, that he is a premier welterweight in the UFC. So we will see. (laughs) A card that we were really excited for by the end of the year was uh, one championships, one X, which uh, featured a few title fights as well as a special contest between Rod Tang and Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. That card has been postponed without a date in mind yet due to the surging COVID cases in Singapore. Uh, Chatri Sidiadong said that he thinks it's best that they just put it off for now and, you know, when they're ready to run, when stuff starts to calm down in Singapore, they'll bring it back. Because that is a phenomenal card. But, you know, safety first. Uh, We've heard a ton of people bring up the pandemic recently. Uh, Most recently in the wrestling space has been Ring of Honor, who says, you know, they've took care of everybody throughout the pandemic. But, you know, starting January 1st, all their talent are free to work wherever they want. And. Ring of Honor says they'll be back in April with a new focus and product, which basically means uh, we hoarded enough money for now. Let's regroup and uh, (laughs) do better. So I don't blame one championship at all for this. Uh, I know in America, you know, we went from no masks to masks again. And, uh, you know, booster shots are coming out. And I don't want to talk about the pandemic too much, but you know, there is light at the tunnel, I believe, at the end of the tunnel. So I think playing the waiting game is smart for one championship to do. Now let's talk about this past week's MMA events that happened. Starting Friday night, uh, we talked to this guy a few weeks ago. Let's talk about Zedekiah Montanez at Combates Global in Miami. So... Thank God that I had Univision because I did not have to jump through hoops and download a new streaming platform to watch my buddy fight. But first off, I'm just going to say before I talk about the fight at all, I just want to say thank you once again to Zed for coming on the show as always. And I'll just put it out there that after the fight, he was willing to come on once again for this week. Uh, I did tell him that I would like for him to decompress first and then we can come on and talk about his performance and where his career goes from now. But it is extremely stressful. And this is the first time this has ever happened to me. I don't have any other people I consider a friend to be mixed martial artists. It is extremely stressful to watch a friend fight. When I first saw Zed fight, I think he was 3-0 and at the time, going into his fourth contest. And he, you know, demolished the guy pretty quickly. And, 
you know, we celebrated. At that time, I was a fan. This time, going into his fifth contest, I was a friend. So watching this fight gave me all the anxiety in the world and all the stress. (laughs) But Zed, for being out of the cage for over two years, I think personally you looked phenomenal. That's my blanket statement on the fight. Now, I know usually I don't talk about the specifics of the fight because I think it's ridiculous. Me, a regular human being, a guy, I cut meat for God's sakes to talk about technicalities in a fight. But I personally thought that Zed's, you know, Zed and Roberto, I think Zed had the edge in the striking. And he said, you know, after the fight that. Roberto just just felt huge to him. So there was obviously a conditioning aspect that Zed was missing. I will talk. I personally think that that's just due to not being able to fight recently. Uh, I think that that's conditioning that you only get in fights. So with Zed's career being on pause for over two years, I think that he wasn't able to get that cardio up that you can only get by being in the cage. Uh, I thought that his phone, I, th- you know, if you like stand-up fights, you have to watch this fight. It was a stand-up fight. These guys fought in a phone booth for 15 minutes, and it was a lot of fun. I thought Zed did more damage. Uh, I gave the first round to Zed. I gave the second round to Zed as well. And then the third round to Roberto. Now, where it seems like people are deferring is that second round where, you know, Roberto did have heavy control on Zed, but Zed dropped him. So that, and and he was damn, every strike that Zed threw, he damaged Roberto. So for me, that negates the control. And I think damage is worth more than control when I personally score a fight. Now, the judges scored this contest as a draw, which doesn't surprise me. You know, I could see a draw, but me personally, I gave the edge to Zed for the damage alone. He was the only one who was able to drop somebody in that fight. And, you know, I think he landed the harder, more damaging shots. Yes, Roberto had contact uh, control, but like I said, I scored damage over control. Um, also, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it too much, but I do think that Zed went into this fight with a little less expectation for Combates. What do I mean? I think that Combates has more invested in Roberto. Now, I was proved wrong during fight week when, you know, most of the things that were, you know, brought up were about Zed. You know, he had the Instagram story Q&A. He he did most of the um, he did a lot of the media for the fight. That's what I want to say. So, you know, Combates, I think, did a really good job in promoting Zed. But in the end, when it comes to the fight, I think that Combates, unfortunately, were rooting against Zed. And with that, the draw. I don't think it was fixed. I'm not saying that. I just think that, you know, 
if I think Zed won the fight, if my brother, who doesn't watch mixed martial arts but watches boxing heavy and scores a lot less, you know, he scores a lot more harder than me certain fights, he thinks Zed won the fight and everybody else thinks Zed won the fight, then, you know, maybe there was something there. But that doesn't matter. A draw is a draw. Zed, I think you looked great and it was amazing to see you in the cage it gives me a hell of a lot of anxiety and i cannot wait to have you on to talk about the fight next week maybe i'll get in touch with you and we'll talk about that later on but uh that was the first card that happened this past week now we could talk about bellator real quick because that happened saturday bellator saturday was insane number one we had a bellator card early in the day, a UFC card running at the same time as the Bellator card. We had KSW overlapping and a glory kickboxing card, which was amazing. The main event was phenomenal. The four main events all delivered. I'll just start Fedor starches Tim Johnson in like 60 seconds, which was cool to see in Russia, which was another big thing. It's like Fedor back in Russia and he destroys a surging heavyweight who just fought for an interim title. Uh, we had Usman Nurmagomedov once again looking phenomenal. It was great to see Usman continue to progress. And I cannot, cannot wait to see him work his way up the ladder. Because I think he is Bellator's next big star. Uh, Brent Primus returned by defeating Benson Henderson. So that was all of the big names from Bellator, I thought that was a lot of fun. Let's talk the UFC Fight Night card. Uh, so we, you know, a lot of the talk was on Paulo Costa's, how he acted during fight week, how, like, nonchalant Paulo Costa acted during this past fight week, you know, with the whole weight thing. Is it 195? Is it 198? Is it 205? Well, it was 205. Number two versus number five middleweights fighting at light heavyweight. And it was a damn great fight. Uh, I personally scored it for Marvin Vittori. He he earned my respect this past fight week. Number one for being game and not giving a damn about the weight. Uh, whatever weight it was, he did not care. Uh, number two for really pushing Paulo Costa to the limit. I think he had Marvin Vittori hurt Paulo Costa multiple times in that fight. And I think he did have the killer instinct, but Paulo Costa is just so big that it's, you know, it was almost impossible for someone of Vittori's punching power to finish Paulo Costa. And Paulo Costa defends really good. Um, but it's a shame because, you know, we should be talking about how great Marvin Vittori was in this fight. But we're talking more about what did Paolo do wrong? Um, I thought Paolo kept it close, though. He he obviously landed the hardest strike of the fight with the head kick that, you know, didn't even drop Marvin. But uh, and once again, I'm going to use the term they fought in a phone booth and it was awesome for 25 minutes. I loved it. Phenomenal main event. Um, congratulations to both those guys. I don't know who I want to see Marvin fight next, uh, but Paolo has infinite, infinite choices 
at light heavyweight now that he's supposed to stay at 205. So I'm looking forward to seeing both these guys return. Like I said, Marvin, I entered the fight calling this the fight for the most delusional. And uh, congratulations to Marvin for shutting me up about that and putting on a phenomenal performance. In the co-main event, we saw an incredible display of heart by Ricky Glenn after getting absolutely destroyed on the ground by Grant Dawson for 10 minutes. Ricky Glenn pulls out a 10-8 round in round number three. And, you know, border. I'm going to say it. I thought Grant Dawson was out. I thought that we were about to see one of the craziest finishes in UFC history. Um, But James Krause was smart. I thought that that was wrong, that the refs allowed James Krause to pick Grant Dawson up. But it was still made for a cool visual. Uh, the fight ends in a majority draw, and shout out to Ricky Glenn. I think he loses nothing, but Grant Dawson loses a ton, man. That's unfortunate, dude. You were doing so great. I think he relied too much on the wrestling uh, for someone who has really good striking in Grant Dawson. I think that he relied too much on the wrestling and tired himself out. Uh, I think that if he would have thrown a little more stand-up in there that he would have been able to finish Ricky Glenn on the feet rather than take him down right away, control him, and dominate him. It it just wasn't worth the effort, if you know what I mean. But a a fun fight, you know, draws we don't talk about too much unless it's that uh, Moreno versus Figueredo one. But I thought that it was a great fight for it to end in a draw. And congratulations to Ricky Glenn and Grant Dawson. <sighs> Jessa, Ru- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm like talking so much and not stopping that I'm kind of out of breath. Jessica Rose Clark had a successful return to the cage when she defeated Jocelyn Edwards by unanimous decision. Uh, just as we say, wrestle after the whole 15 and beat her up, you know, pretty pretty cut and dry what Jessica Rose Clark was able to do in there. I'm excited to see more of her. I think 135 needs that boost. Uh, not a lot of fighters at 135. It's like the flyweight division and the strawweight division are the premier divisions <laughs> in women's MMA at the moment. But uh, 135 and 145 need new blood, and it's good to see Jessica Rose Clark back. Alex Caceres, man, he does it again. He continues his win streak when he submitted Seng Wu Choi by a rear naked choke. Caceres was out. It was scary. He was getting beat up in that first round. Uh, unfortunately, Seng Wu Choi landed a illegal strike. You know, he needed him while he was down. And thankfully for Alex Caceres, he was able to keep his bearings and come back out for that second round and finish him. It was phenomenal. I hope that Alex Caceres gets a ranked opponent after this and he gets his shot, man, because, yeah, he's 19 and 12, but he was been fighting in the UFC for like 10 years. So uh, for him to have this run at this moment, you know, whatever he is, 5-0 and in his last five, I think that the UFC, UFC should reward him because he – He's one of those anytime, any place, doesn't matter type of guys, and and we know how much Dana loves that. So I believe that we will see Alex Caceres get a ranked opponent soon. 
Francisco Chinaldo defe- defeated Dwight Grant by split decision. Uh, Nick Negu Marianu defeated Ike Villanueva in the first round by TKO. A uh, little dicey there with some strikes to the back of the head, but uh, he did finish him clean after, you know, one or two back of the head strikes. Gregory Rodriguez is phenomenal. He defeats Jung Young Park by TKO in the second round. It was devastating, his striking. It's a sh- it's crazy to think about this guy. He's 185 pounds. They need they severely need new blood, and I think they have it in Gregory Rodriguez. He looks 35, but I think he's like 29, which is crazy. Uh, he's 11 and 3, and he's phenomenal. He's good on the feet. He's good on the ground. Uh, I'm looking forward to see him face this, you know, top competition. That fight got fight of the night, which I don't think it should have. I think this fight should have. Mason Jones defeated David Onama by unanimous decision. Shout out to David Onama coming in on like six days notice, keeping it close and, uh, you know, overperforming, you know, I know Mason Jones took this fight on six days notice as well. So you got to give him credit for sticking it out. But David Onama looked phenomenal and what he was able to do. And I can't wait to see more of him. <laughs> you know, we sort of know what Mason Jones could do. Like we, we, we know he's former cage warriors champ. He's, you know, big in Wales, but David Onama, it's the first time we see him. And I'm looking forward to see what he could do at 145. Tabitha Ricci defeated Maria Oliveira by unanimous decision. Jamie Pickett defeated Lorenio Stolopoli by unanimous decision. Jai Herbert TKO's comma worthy in the first round. That's what we say about comma worthy, man. He's, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. You got to respect it. Jai Herbert gets his first UFC victory, I believe, or is it second? He was on a losing streak there, but I mean, he lost to, you know, Francisco Trinaldo has three times the experience that Jai Herbert does. And then Renato Moicano, someone who, you know, we believe could be in that top 10 and it hasn't panned out yet, but we think he's working his way up now. But, uh, you know, nothing to sneeze about. It's his first UFC victory against a game opponent, so I'm proud of him, man. It's good to see Jai Herbert get it in. Jeff Molina defeated Daniel Da Silva by TKO in the second round. That was a good finish, man. Jeff Molina is really good. Random Marcos bounces back with a unanimous decision victory over Liviana Souza. There's that's the thing about Random Marcos. She's uh you know, she's so up and down, but she can defeat really good prospects. It it kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Martinez started the night off with the unanimous decision victory over Zavlid Lavishvili. So that was the UFC fight night card. Again, it wasn't, you know, as lackluster as the two weeks prior. I think it was, you know, a better version <laughs> 
of a UFC car, uh, UFC fight night card. I think they did great. Great main event. A lot of really fun performances. So you got to give it to UFC after, you know, whatever it is. Eight straight weeks, they, they come back and they come back strong this week. We had the Contender Series, as always. It's our second to last week. Our last week will be next week. But this week, delivered, delivered, delivered. Let's talk about some of the people who got contracts this past week. Godzi Omar Gazeev. <laughs> I definitely didn't say that right, but he knee-barred Janzi Silva in the first round, earning him a contract. He is a 13-0 now middleweight from Russia. Phenomenal grappling, strong on the feet, someone to watch. Christian Quinones defeated Long Zhao by unanimous decision. Christian Quinones, yes, the brother of Jose Quinones, Jose Teco Quinones, he gets a contract as well. You know, he, as Dana put it, he fought like a Mexican and he loved it. Long Zhao was no joke, but uh, Christian Quinones, 16 and 3 now. At Bantamweight, he should be a really fun fighter to watch as well. My favorite fight of the night, the best performance. We heard about these guys going into the week. A lot, a lot of animosity due to Oran Kalyun calling Javid Basharat a terrorist. Well, guess what? Javid Basharat beat the sheesh out of Kalyun. For three rounds before he submitted him via guillotine choke, Javid Bajarat is my version of Adrian Yanez from last season so far. My favorite fighter this season. Phenomenal talent. Uh, UFC ready if I've ever seen it. 135. Uh, he's a bantamweight, and he's 11-0 now. I think this dude is going to be a future champion. Phenomenal. Such a great talent. Uh, Kareen Silva at flyweight, now 14-4. and four. She gets a contract as well when she defeated Jan Kuhu, Ki, Kihu, sorry, uh, by guillotine choke in the second round. This was all heart. You know, Jan was putting the pressure to Silva and really making her work kind of beating her up on the feet before she took her down. Uh, Jan, that is. Jan took Silva down and, you know, ground and pounded her for several times. I thought they were going to stop the fight before <laughs> Silva was able to, I think it was, she grip. she got a guillotine choke off of a slam. It was devastating. She was able to finish her. It was crazy. Uh, another really good talent to watch at 125. All heart she's all heart uh then another one this is a great talent manuel torres 12 and 2 now for the lightweight division he defeated colton england by tko in the very first round this dude is composed his striking is dynamic he's one to watch out of mexico both these guys from mexico him and Kristen quinones trained with Brendan Moreno, and they are just phenomenal, man. Great, great talent. I cannot wait to see more of those two guys. 
So that was the Contender Series. And next week, uh, we'll review next week's card. And then the week after that, we'll do like an overview of what talents were signed, uh, who I think is someone to watch, and all that great stuff. We'll just We'll just make sure to bundle it all together. Overview. PFL. <laughs> we had the PFL championships for 2021. I think this is the third season, technically, because they didn't do one last year. But uh, it was a fun one, man. It started really early, 4.30. I think I got home at 4 o'clock, and my phone went off. It was like PFL starting. I was like, what? I totally forgot all about it. But uh, it started with one, two, three. Three showcase matchups early, early. We had Don Mage versus Nathan Williams. Mage defeating Williams by rear naked choke in the second round. Then we had the debut. Well, these are all debuts, actually. I'm sorry. But we had the debut of Julia Julia Budd. She defeated Caitlin Young by unanimous decision. Uh, Good for her. We'll see her next uh, next season during the regular season as well. She will be competing for the million-dollar title next year. Uh, We had Omari Akhmedov making his debut in the PFL. He got starched by Jordan Young. Uh, TKO in the very third round. Rough start for Omari. Uh, but not the first time we see a debuting UFC talent uh, for the PFL get, you know, not finished, but lost. Because <laughs> most of them do. Uh, then we go to the tournament titles. For 155, Hausch Manfio defeats Luke Ragzobev by unanimous decision. He takes home a million dollars. In a really, really, this was an amazing finish by Antonio Carlos Jr. He submits Martine Hamlet in the first round by rear naked choke. Um, This is something that you have to watch. So Carlos Jr. is controlling Hamlet against the cage. He kind of climbs up on Hamlet to get mount while Ham, uh, like I said, I'm terrible at this technical stuff. So picture this. Antonio Carlos Jr. climbs up Hamlet to get like mount while Hamlet is standing up. He's working to get the choke. And then Hamlet kind of tries to like flick him off. So he like spins him. But when he spun Antonio Carlos Jr., shoe face gets the choke. Hamlet drops to the floor. The choke becomes too tight. And he's forced to tap at 3 minutes and 49 seconds. Phenomenal finish. Congratulations to Antonio Carlos Jr., who a ton of people counted out. And he went to the PFL, and he proved everybody wrong. Uh, 145, Movlid Kabulev defeated Chris Wade by unanimous decision. The thing is, Movlid looked every bit of 175 in that cage. He looked... So much bigger than Chris Wade. So I don't think it was Chris Wade is too, you know, is not good enough. I think that Moflit is just way bigger than him. It was a tough out for Chris Wade. In the fight of the night, the heavyweights went at it. Bruto Capaloza defeats Anti 
De Lija by unanimous decision. This fight was back and forth. You know, it swung every witch away for five rounds, and it was insane. Bruno almost finished Ante in the first. Ante almost finished Bruno in the second. They were tired in the third, and they still went all five rounds. This was a phenomenal fight. I cannot wait to see these two fight again. I hope they both return for the next season. This was a great fight, and it's going to make it on my fight of the year list, short list so far. This fight was phenomenal. We had one more showcase fight before the co-main and main event. We had Abby Montez defeating Clarissa Shields by split decision. Uh, by no means this was a split decision. Abby destroyed, not destroyed her. She just controlled her for three rounds and uh, made Clarissa work really hard. And Abby showed that she is someone that you need to watch at three and zero. You know, I think that she has some skills that could beat some of these other girls who are way more experienced than her. She's someone to watch. I hope they put her in the tournament next season. Abby Montez defeating Clarissa Shields. I'm not going to cover the Jake Paul thing because it's clearly a troll. But let me just say Clarissa Shields handled it with class. The loss and the Jake Paul thing. (laughs) Congratulations, Clarissa Shields, for making it back into the cage. I cannot wait to see how you develop after you return to boxing later this year. Uh, We expect to see Clarissa Shields again at the beginning of next year in the cage. But she's fighting in December, so in a boxing match. So looking forward to see what she talks about there. Co-main event, Ray Cooper III finally defeats Magomed Magomed Karimov by TKO in the third round, just knocking him clean unconscious, man. Congratulations to Ray Cooper III. One of the good guys, man. He looked great doing it. Back-to-back titles for Ray. Congratulations. His contract is up, too, as well. I think we need to talk more about him being a free agent as well. And in the main event, PFL standout and face of the company, Kayla Harrison, defeats Taylor Guariado by armbar. In the second round, man. Congratulations, Kayla. She looked great. I think she is a brand new person with this whole mom thing. She's a mom now. If you don't know, she was able to adopt her sister's two kids. And uh, it just changed her. And now she goes in there to finish. I don't expect her to ever go to a judge's scorecard ever again. 12-0 now. I'm excited to see where she lands next. Congratulations, Kayla, Ray Cooper, Bruno Capeloza, Mavlid Kobayev, Antonio Carlos Jr., and Hausch Manfio. This was a crazy fun season of the PFL. Uh, I think that the MMA world needed it. You know, this is such a different concept. I think there's a lot of things that the PFL should do different, but uh, I like that they try to do, you know, I like that they try to differentiate themselves. So I'm looking forward to see what the PFL does next year and who they sign in the offseason. That's really what I'm looking forward to. 
And all that leads to this upcoming weekend, Saturday, bright and early in the U.S., from the Etihad Arena, UFC 267. The rare numbered event that we don't have to pay for. Thank God. (laughs) But this is a fun one, man. Let's start off with some of these more. uh, Let's start off with some of these big names on this card. So a big name for me personally, Andre Petrowski, the local boy versus Hu Yaozong. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Andre step back in the cage. He got this fight, I think, with two or three weeks notice. It was a pretty, pretty random fight announcement. And this guy, Hugh, hasn't fought, I believe, since 2018. <laughs> Crazy. He hasn't fought since 2018. So I wonder if the UFC is just trying to, you know, finish out his contract and give him this fight. I fully expect Petrowski to starch this dude. Makwan Amerikani versus Lerone Murphy. That should be a really fun fight. Remember, Lerone Murphy is undefeated. 10-0-1. And uh, Makwan Amerikani, not the best UFC record, so we will see. Michel Holik I believe that's right. Holik <laughs> He takes on Shamil Gamzat. Gamzatov. Sorry. Eliezu Zaleski is back. He takes on Benoit Saint-Denis. Contender series from this year standout. Albert Durayev takes on Roman Kapilov. This is exciting to watch. Albert Durayev is someone that you need to keep your eyes on. 100% this guy is going to be a big name at 185. Zubaira Tukagov is back, taking on Ricardo Ramos. Hamos. <laughs> Verna Jandaroba is back as well, taking on Amanda Hibas. That is the featured prelim for this card. And UFC, you know, I'm not surprised, but they put big money on Hibas. Uh, she has been in all the episodes of Embedded, which is... Kind of weird because she's, I think she lost her last two. Uh, let's see. She lost her last fight to Marina Rodriguez. Uh, she got starched earlier this year. But, um, you know, one loss, you can't, you can't, you can't really count her out. Uh, but Vern is so much fun to watch, man. This is going to be a great fight at 115. Uh, then we start off with the main card, Magomed Ankalaev versus Volkan Ozdemir. That should be a banger. Li Jingliang versus Hamzat Shimaev. That should be a banger. Alexander Volkov versus Marcin Tibura. Tibura looks every bit of 225 right now. He looks great. I'm looking forward to that fight. Islam Mahachev versus the hangman, Dan Hooker. This is definitely going to be a banger. No questions asked. Dan Hooker's going to bring it. He's been in the U.S. for like a year, what it feels like. And Islam, it's weird because I think Islam is ranked ahead of him. But Hangman has way more experience in the top five. So we'll see what we can get out of Islam. 
in that upper mix, but uh, I think this is a real proving ground for him. If he can defeat Dan Hooker, I think that he's ready, but I think if he's going to defeat Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker's going to make him work for it, man. I'm picking Dan Hooker in this fight, personally. (laughs) In the co-main event for the interim Bantamweight title, this is going to be a phenomenal fight. Peter Yan versus Corey Sanhagen. You got the dynamic striker versus the master of the sweet science, Peter Yan. He's got amazing footwork, great hands, and Corey Sanhagen is so dynamic. He's great on the ground. This is going to be a really, really good fight. I cannot wait. And the main event for the UFC light heavyweight title, Jan Blahovich versus Glover Teixeira. The two older gentlemen, but that takes nothing away from this fight. Glover has looked phenomenal in his last five fights, working his way back up to a title shot. Jan, one of the best people in the sport, just a gem of an interview. Uh, I love that he never lets anybody say like that he's going to lose a fight. Like he's like, and I'm going to win. Like it's <laughs> like any little thing like Glover will say like, I cannot wait for this fight. And you'll hear Jan like, yes, you're going to lose. <laughs> like it's so great, man. I cannot wait to see this card and it's an early one. So we still get the whole day to ourselves UFC does it again. Back-to-back numbered events. Next week, we got a big show. But that is it for this week's YBE MMA. You can find me on all forms of social media. Elroy Prepson, one word. You can find the show on Instagram at YBE MMA Podcast, as well as Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA podcast. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Love your mothers. I love you, mom. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you 